0: Today we have a great revenge story of accomplishing everything everybody was putting you down for the entire time. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I planted my stuffed cheese bread with meat so my vegetarian roommates stopped eating my food without asking. Posted this on r slash Jerk? and people were telling me this sub would love it, so here it is. As the title says, my roommates are vegetarian and they still always eat my food. Our lease is almost up and I'm moving out in a couple weeks anyway. A couple weeks ago... I got some cheese bread from a pizza place and only had a few pieces. I left the rest in the fridge so I could have it when I got home from work the next day. Next day I get home, grab the box of cheese bread and open it. They left me one piece. Mind you, I ate only a few pieces the previous day, so I had more than about half remaining. I asked if they ate it and they admitted to it because they were drunk. They always just eat my food and if it can fit their vegetarian diet and they never ask me. Just a few months ago, I bought 10 boxes of mac and cheese because they were on sale, 10 for $10. They ate 8 boxes, and I only had 2. That was supposed to be like a last resort option for me for when I didn't have enough money or didn't feel like making food. And they never once offered me any of my food when they made it. So today I just went and got some pizza, bread, and wings. I already know they're going to eat the pizza and just take the meat off. However... I ended up getting stuffed cheese bread and I asked if they could put pepperoni inside of it. The restaurant agreed, so now I'm just waiting until my roommates get home, eat my crab without telling me, just so I can enjoy the satisfaction of telling them that they ate meat. Don't eat my food if you're not gonna ask, freak around equals find out. Listen, I'm not judgmental, but if they're going and saying, oh, I'm vegetarian or oh, I'm vegan, and then they're willing to take a pizza that had meat on it and pick the toppings off and eat it like it was no problem, they probably aren't too serious about their whole vegetarian-vegan lifestyle. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is Doctor refuses to do his job. Let's do this then. To set the story, I have epilepsy that's controlled as long as I take my medication. This means I'm allowed to drive, I just have to have my neurologist fill out a form, basically giving me permission at least once a year. I also am married with four kids, so my being able to drive is important to our daily routine. It's also important to know that my husband has a job where every four to eight years we have to move. This takes place about one or two years ago with our most recent move. When we move, one of the first things I do is find doctors and schedule appointments for everyone. After getting established with a general doctor, I got a referral to the local neurology department. To go anywhere else is like a 40 minute drive. Day of the first appointment comes and everything goes smoothly. No red flags. I've been in the medical rodeo here in the US for as long as I can remember, so I can usually sense a bad doctor quickly. The hospital doesn't have the best reputation, so I was cautiously optimistic. After that appointment, I was hopeful. Big mistake. A couple months later, I get the yearly letter from the state in the mail requesting a new driving form be filled out by my neurologist. I call my neurologist and find out their procedure. They tell me I can drop it off and they'll send it in. My husband offers to take it in on his way to work because it's just down the road from work and he knows I hate their parking lot. He drops it off and we assume all is good. They usually give you about six months to get this form in. So about six months later, I receive a letter from the state saying the form was never received and my license is suspended. Obviously, I'm wondering what the heck happened. I did everything on my end. So I call the doctor's office. This is when the nightmare begins. After that annoying menu all doctor offices have when you call, I finally reach a real person. I tell her the situation and ask if they sent in the form. Oh, I'm sorry ma'am, Dr. Smith doesn't fill out forms, he just throws those away. A moment of silence cause I was caught off guard by that one. I called in several months ago and was assured if I dropped it off he would fill it out and send it in. Sorry, he won't fill that out, he literally has us throw them straight in the trash. I say, he is required by the state to fill out this form, does he need me to walk him through it? At this point I was angry and my husband who was listening offered to take over. He knew I was about to go off and thought if he kept calm it could be worked out. He's also familiar with the crappy medical system and has helped people talk to doctors before, comes with his job. My husband was on the phone for over an hour and had to call a patient advocate at the hospital to get them to do anything. I was stewing nearby and growing more and more angry. When he hung up, he said the doctor's office reluctantly agreed to fill out the form and the head nurse and patient advocate would make sure it got done. If it had ended there, I might have let things go and just moved on to another doctor. But no, they filled out the form wrong at least three times. These forms are super easy and take doctors maybe 30 seconds to fill out for me. I've watched them fill it out. He basically kept checking a box that implied he didn't treat me for epilepsy, and my general doctor had to do it. Meaning this lazy butt was trying to get someone else to do it. The flaw in that though, is I grew up dealing with this crap, And i was by now very educated on how this was supposed to go so i called them again i decided to unleash my anger neurology department how can i help you i've sent over my form from the state four times now to be filled out once it was thrown out three times it was filled out wrong i need dr smith to fill out this form today your general doctor is supposed to do it my general doctor does not treat my epilepsy dr smith does are you stupid The doctor treating my epilepsy has to fill it out. It's pretty easy actually, but if it's too hard for the doctor, I can walk him through it. Or I can call my old neurologist and she can teach him. It's really not required, we don't have to do that. Nice try. I've been doing this for over 10 years. State law requires he fill out this form. Do I need to talk to a lawyer? Oh, um, yeah, just come by and it'll be taken care of. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My husband, the mediator, stepped in and drove to the hospital with me to get this taken care of. When we get there, he can tell the drive just gave me more time to build more anger. He asked if he could take the form in for me. I happily handed over the form where I'd highlighted what needed to be filled out and also written step-by-step instructions on how to fill out the form. I also reminded him if this went wrong again, I would be suing and to let them know I would be reporting him to the state medical board. He was at first concerned that the state wouldn't take a highlighted form, but I knew they could very easily print off a new one. He took it in and instead of handing it to the desk, he asked for the head nurse. He waited until it was filled out and had printed proof that it had been sent in. I looked at the copy and knew the nurse trying to desperately resolve an unwinnable situation had forged the doctor's signature. No hate to the nurse, she just had a crappy boss. After I got confirmation, I had my license again. I reported him to the hospital board, filed complaints anywhere in the hospital that could hold him accountable, and made a detailed complaint to the state medical board. I also left scathing reviews online as well. I found a new neurologist 40 minutes away and the drive is a nice break away from the kids. Shortly after I reported him to the state medical board, I received a letter stating they were opening an investigation into his conduct, and that entire department's conduct. They also asked I fill out a form stating I was okay with the investigation and yada yada. I filled it out and faxed it over. I found out about a year later that apparently he now has signs hanging everywhere, basically saying, if you are mean to me, I will be mean to you. The people said they saw those signs and left and decided also 40 minutes wasn't that bad of a drive. I was also told since then that they've had trouble keeping supporting staff in that department. I assume there was some sort of consequences for him to hang signs everywhere. Let me tell you, if I'm going to any kind of doctor and I walk in and I see these handcrafted signs that say, if you're mean to me, I'll be mean to you. I am definitely going to find any way to get a new doctor. Because you know what that tells me? This tells me that that person is going to be unpleasant enough to make people mean. Throughout my life, I've been lucky enough to have nothing but pleasant doctors so far, but I've heard of relatives who have had doctors who insult them to their face, talk bad about them about their medical issues. Like yeah, they could be doing better for themselves and take better care, but holy, you can't just go around saying that stuff as the doctor. Our next story is, friend tried to steal from my hobby shop, I took his hobby. I used to own a hobby shop that dealt in games and comics. One of my regular customers was a middle-aged family guy named John. There's a particular collectible card game that was pretty much his only hobby. I was the only place in town running events for it and the community grew really fast for the game. It was some of my funnest years with the shop, John was at every event. One day he came in to buy things and tried to pass off a fake gift certificate with a large number on it. I was stunned that he would try this. He has one of his little daughters with him even. He made the copy at home, this was at a time I wasn't using the striped swipeable gift cards, and I immediately knew it was fake. I quietly told him I knew it wasn't real and that he needed to leave. Then after stewing on it for a few days, I reached out and told him he wasn't welcome back. He apologized and I never saw or heard from him again, I didn't tell our mutual friends, but he told them what he did. The community for the game grew so big that I had to expand to another tournament day. Between work and family time, John only had one day of the week he could game, and I knew a few of the players were going to his house to play, so I announced the new tournament day, which was his only free day, and everyone started coming to the shop instead of his house every week. Years later I heard he got tired of buying new product and rarely being able to play, so he tried to offload his collection, but the game was dying at that point, and a lot of the cards, basically worthless. Honestly I find the story kinda sad to be honest, not because of the card collecting game, but because of the fact that because this guy was so greedy and trying to cheat people out of things, they ended up blowing up any of their chances of really truly enjoying their one main hobby again until the whole fad was just completely over. Couldn't even get off the collection they had without probably taking a hit on it. Kind of sad, but hey, that's what he gets for being a cheater. Our next story is, receptionist wouldn't give me a spare AA battery unless it was for a work device. So I swapped my dead one in a work device and then asked for a replacement AA battery. Was asked to come teach at a government training facility. Was using my work laptop with my own USB wireless mouse when it ran out of power. It runs on a single AA battery, went down to reception for a new battery, as is protocol at this place, as they control the office supply stores. Receptionist asked what it's for, and I said it's for my mouse, was promptly told she can't give it to me because the batteries were only to be used in devices in the facility, not personal devices, which I found ridiculous, since I was asked by then to come and it's only one AA battery for freak's sake, With no shops nearby, I walked over to the computer lab just across from the reception desk, removed the battery from a mouse at the workstation and put my dead one in. Now, I could have just used the new battery, but I'm feeling petty. I took the mouse with a dead battery over to reception and said this work device seems to not be working and I suspect it needs a new battery. Needless to say, she was super suspect giving me that fresh, single Energizer AA walked away and put the fresh one in my personal mouse, and put the original AA back into the work mouse. In a way, I kind of understand both sides. At some level, you have to just be strict about those things, or else there's going to be so many edge cases where you can give one here, give one there. But at the same time, in OP's case, you're like, come on, it's just one battery. Our next story is, I got fired, boss doesn't like my new email address. This is still fresh in my mind, and somewhat painful, but I'm trying to make the best of it. Hopefully you'll get a kick out of it too. I was recently fired from my job, the company's gone through a couple of reorgs and several other tenured people were let go, with decent severance packages. I was not let go, just bounced around from boss to boss, although my actual job responsibilities never changed. Last week, out of nowhere, my most recent boss scheduled a meeting with me and HR. I knew what was up and immediately started to prepare. Sure enough, during that meeting, I was notified that that day would be my last as an employee. I was told that I'd been slow in responding to emails with no examples, and had failed to meet expectations set by my new boss, again without examples. I was terminated for cause and would not get any severance. As a remote employee, I was directed to provide the company with an email address they could use to send me paperwork and instructions for returning company property. I had already set up a personal email to use for this purpose. I quickly spelled it out for them as follows. Boss's name, spelled with numbers and special characters, underscore, is a c-un-t C-un, at gmail.com. I had the HR rep read it back to me to ensure it was correct. Since then, they've sent me a few emails and I always respond with more questions to continue the conversation and copy my former boss to make sure they see what my email address is. I actually laugh out loud when I get to call my former boss a you-know-what. I just hope for OP's sake that whatever field they work in is nothing that would have any kind of relationship with these people because that bridge is certainly burnt. Honestly, I'm surprised the people at that work are taking it as graceful as they are. The fact that they're entertaining and actually sending anything to that email. Our next story is A neighbor goes up to my house in her PJs and sits right next to my room to talk over her cell phone. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. I started blasting music right next to the window she talks at. So a bit of context, I live in an apartment complex which is huge. 53 buildings, 6 floors each, 4 apartments each floor. We all got common spaces to walk, hang out, work out and walk our pets. I've been living here with my girlfriend and our dog for a year and a half in a first floor apartment. And just recently, about a couple days ago, this woman walks up with her phone at night in her pjs, and just has the longest conversations right outside our bedroom. It happens around 8 or 9 and she's there for quite some time. Yesterday I just pulled the blinds open, looked at her and closed them back. She didn't move until she was done. Today when I got home from work, I saw she was already there, so I took my speaker and said it as loudly as possible, right next to the window she sits at. I went to bed with my girlfriend around 10.30-11 and she wasn't there anymore but couldn't check if the speaker thing worked or not in an immediate manner. I fully know it's petty as heck to do, mainly because I don't see any argument as to why she would have to leave. Right outside our apartment isn't part of our apartment, and it's a shared space with the whole community, although I find it wildly annoying. I don't think if I were to file a complaint that it would be successful at all. So I've chosen pettiness. I've also thought of putting large plants and pots on that specific place, Or just wetting the floor vastly so she won't be able to sit? What would you guys do? Thanks, and if successful, I'll keep you posted. I mean, yeah, can she go out and take a phone call right there? Probably, but if she's disturbing the peace a little bit by being a bit too loud on her phone right outside your window or whatnot, I think it would be in both her best interest and your best interest to find a slightly more privatized spot. I mean, why do they have to take the phone call out there? Are they afraid of somebody in the apartment hearing it, but not afraid of somebody outside it hearing it? This next story is, I completed my STEM major, graduated with a job, and I'm now earning more than my brother-in-law as entry-level. So, it all started in 2011. I graduated magna cum laude. Yes, my high school used Latin, and I can confirm since it's written in my diploma, from high school with multiple extracurricular activities got accepted into the biochem program from the college of my choice and received a full ride scholarship plus some. My goal was to essentially become a doctor and I was very well on my way. Since I didn't wanna pay for parking, my mom would usually pick me up from my dorm for holidays, except for Thanksgiving weekend 2011. My mom was a little sick, so she asked my sister to please pick me up. She and my brother-in-law showed up and they were obviously displeased, but whatever. On our way home, they started interrogating me about my career goals, and I told them exactly what I wanted to be and how I was planning on achieving it. I wasn't even done talking when brother-in-law mockingly laughed and said, You're not going to do that. I asked him to repeat himself, and he repeated, and added that I was incapable of achieving that. For some reason, that shattered my heart. Remembering this while writing still breaks my heart. The saddest part is that he was right. I couldn't do it. I ended up being super bad at chemistry and failing multiple times. Got placed into academic probation and eventually had to drop out and go to community college. However, my parents aren't wealthy by any means, so I had to start working full time to pay for my education. For the next few years I jumped from major to major, unable to settle on anything. I was so lost and even with help, I still couldn't just move forward. I was stuck in this loop of just taking classes. Meanwhile, family and friends continued to interrogate me on when I was going to be done with school, which really affected my mental health. To add the cherry on top, brother-in-law kept making fun of me and reminding how he knew I wasn't able to achieve anything. It got so bad that at some point, I went off on him and he almost hit me. What made it worse is that my dad sided with him. That was the last string. I didn't care about what I loved or finding my interests. All I needed was a degree that showcased I was smarter than him that also paid more than what he was earning. That week, early 2019, I applied for engineering and got accepted. I started that fall and the following four years were absolute heck in every aspect. School was painful, lost my job because of the pandemic and was forced to take out multiple student loans, which made me question my literal existence, and things just kept getting worse. I became homeless for the summer between my junior and senior year. I lived in my car while temperatures reached over 90 degrees Fahrenheit, and showered at my university's gym. Everything was so bad, but I just could not quit. I could not let him win. I could not allow him to be right again. I would not grant him that satisfaction. I finally graduated with my BS in engineering this May. The best part is that I got multiple offers since March for jobs in different industries and accepted the one that I very much look forward to. In the attempt of me getting back at him, I ended up finding something that excites me and is making me very happy. The best part? My entry-level base salary is 20000 over what he gets paid in a company he's been working at for over 10 years. Edit, I forgot to write about his reaction and clarify a little bit about my family. I typed all the following in one of the comments, I'm just copy and pasting it here. The thing is, is that so many things happened in between that, it wasn't the in-your-face ending I kinda craved. Just in case you're still curious, my job came at a miraculous time for my family. At first, I wasn't planning on disclosing my salary with anybody except for my mom, But my dad lost his job due to some health issues around the time i accepted the offer money became the number one discussed topic consequently i used that moment as my 30 seconds of fame he didn't say anything when i mentioned it but i could tell he was trying very hard not to have a reaction he was looking at his phone and when i mentioned my salary he looked away from the phone and stared into space he also hasn't spoken to me ever since about the rest of my family My sister was frustrated with me for many years, but our relationship has improved these past couple of months. Kind of sad that the bonding occurred due to money, technically. However, I'm family-oriented and I count this as a victory. Plus, I love her children, and a healthy relationship with her is a great relationship with them. My father, though, the one time he did make me feel pretty crappy, he's been supportive and patient for the most part. I guess that day he just felt that it already had been too long with no results or something. My mother is my rock. She never stopped believing in me and she always made me aware. Even to this day she's convinced that if I wouldn't have gone through all of these changes, I would have been stuck somewhere in healthcare. That would most likely make me cry in the daily. The reason why my family wasn't aware of or involved to help me with my struggles was due to my pride. This was my battle to fight and I needed to prove a point. About brother in law, we've never gotten along and I doubt we ever will. There is something I do plan on doing soon to scratch the in your face itch. Whenever he goes to my parents' home and I'm there, he always asks what I'd cook. I'm a woman and since I don't cook very often, he'd proceed to tell me to go cook something for him. So what I really want to do now is go to my parents while he's there, and while he's most likely laying down on the sofa scrolling on his phone, ask him what he made for dinner and tell him to cook me something. I'll let you know when I do this, because it will happen. I love that OP found themselves in a position where they feel like they've conquered that goal and now they confidently know that they are in that position where they can go and talk bad about him, talk lowly to them because they're not on OP's level. Our next story is when you realize you're done with having roommates. When I was 22 or 23, it's been a while. I was living in a Utah college town and if you were single, you were living with roommates very few people lived on their own mostly because it was just too expensive but i think subconsciously all of the mormons were waiting to get married Ugh. i was living in a two-bedroom townhouse with two other ladies who shared the master bedroom and i had the smaller bedroom it was a really depressive time in my life as well so i wasn't working i spent quite a bit of time in my room by myself it was a lonely time these two ladies who were a few years younger if i remember were friendly with the women living next door and while i did try and be part of the group i was in such a dark place that i eventually retreated to the solitude i'd created i never bothered them was tidy and even cooked from time to time for the house because it's something i enjoyed but in the end they did not like my solitary ways when the lease was set to be renewed they asked that i find another place to live and that's when things went downhill. They became mean girls, accusatory, unkind. They tried to saddle me with all of the house bills, accused me of damage and stealing. I couldn't believe how quickly it all turned and it added to my despair day after day. One day, roommate number 2 started screaming at me because she felt i disrespected their boyfriend. I stood there and took it because I knew I was leaving soon for a new apartment where I was going to be the only tenant but I was seething inside. After a day or two, I put my revenge plan into motion. They both worked at the same retail store and drove together, so there was a set of keys left behind. It was going to be a hot, hot August day. First, I uncapped a permanent Sharpie marker and tucked it under a box that was under roommate number one's bed. I imagined that it would slowly stain the carpet, unable to be removed. She would be held responsible for the damage, Small, but satisfying. Second, employed an oldie but goodie and cleaned the two toilets with their toothbrushes. I did run them through the dishwasher after, because I didn't want to physically hurt them. I just wanted to picture it in my mind and smile. Finally, I poured a large glass of whole milk and grabbed roommate number two's car keys. Her car was parked in the sun. I opened the back door and slowly poured the glass of milk down the seatbelt hole in the middle of the seat. Have you ever smelled spoiled milk it was early morning when i did this so there was ample time for the milk to sit all day in the hot car i grabbed my own keys and headed off to work my soul was at peace i had another week in that place before i moved out and on more than one day i saw roommate number two trying to figure out where that terrible smell was coming from it never occurred to her that i'd done it that was 30 years ago and the memory still brings a smile to my face and peace to my soul. I hope she's had the life she deserves. All I can really say is what OP did here is particularly horrendous in just imagining it. I mean, imagine if they realized what had actually happened. Obviously, they never will, but dishwasher or not, the idea of using my toothbrush and then finding out it had at some point been used to clean a toilet? I'd probably be retching. Our next story is, move your brother into the trailer rent-free? Senior year of college, two friends and I rented a mobile home instead of paying dorm housing prices. Midway through the year, one guy tells the other two of us, my little brother, who dropped out of the same college we all attend, is going to move in with us. Fine by us, since there's enough physical space, and it's only a few months, and the rent will now be split four ways, so that's cool. Mind you, he didn't ask us, just told us it was happening. Our lease also specified three-person occupancy, but we were willing to go along with it because, again, bills would be cheaper, and apparently he had a job lined up already, so that wouldn't be an issue. We were wrong. After a month, we casually mentioned bills were due and were told independently that there was no way he would be paying anything. Privately, if I recall, Little Brother said he did feel like he should pay something, though he wasn't sure if it should be a full quarter. We called a house meeting and elder brother yelled at the other two of us, telling us there's no way his brother should pay a penny, because he was a guest and we didn't say anything about it before. A little odd to have a multiple month guest who sleeps in your living room for free, who has no discernible trauma to necessitate this mooching other than his girlfriend goes to our college and he missed her, but okay, so we suffered through it. There's not much point trying to evict the pair of them when we've only got two or three months until graduation and the lease ends. So we deal with the little brother sleeping in the living room because he has a manual labor job, even though we'd all like to stay up until the wee hours of the morning because that's what you do in college. Oh, did I mention his girlfriend was now a constant presence in our house too? My girlfriend was constantly around too, but you know, I paid rent. Anyways, jokes on the elder brother because all the utilities were in my name and we had split all the deposits at the start of the year. So when we went all our separate ways, I only split the utility deposit refunds with the non-mooching original roommate. We probably ended up recouping the correct amount of money if little brother had paid rent in the first place, just that we also terminated some friendships in the process. He threatened to sue us, we ignored him, hopefully he's found peace. Yeah, it sucks to not get your section of the deposit back, but let's be real, there was a lot of mooching going on, and considering the fact that they didn't actually go through with suing, they probably realized it's not worth it or they didn't have any real great grounds to lean on. Let's be real, though, it was just they were never going to spend the money on a lawyer to sue for some measly deposit. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story,